<laughs> oh, buddy. Our old buddies are getting even more and more and more like crazy. <laughs> yeah, that was a week. good one. That was a good one. <laughs> oh, buddy. Yeah. What it is. What it is, people. Yeah. Yeah. Trump it's the Drum Brigade podcast. Back with you on a Monday in this COVID time that we're living in. All like quarantined and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm Corey Kingston. That's Funky Phil over there in La La Land. Phil's Castle. What's the hassle? Wearing one of our beautiful brigade shirts. Amazing. They lo- he looks so ripped in it, dude. You might not want to flex in that shirt, Phil, because you might just blow it off your body. It's just going to explode. <laughs> Um, what's up, Funky Phil? Yeah, Funky Phil's in the house. Yeah. Yeah. In his house. My house. <laughs> Wearing a ska hat, dude. We have a ska reggae guy coming in, dude. So he's looking the part, or he could be Romeo. And Should I wear a drop ba- of a hat. I'm going to wear it backwards. <laughs> I think. We got a ska guy coming in. One of our buddies, uh, a peer of mine. I like to say peer of mine, even though he's a very, 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 very dope drummer. Very dope drummer kills the scene as far as like reggae and ska and funk and all kinds of stuff man um so we're really stoked to have him on he's a buddy of mine it's blake collie coming on oh yeah oh yeah um we're happy about that dude's a storyteller man he's got he's got a lot of stories watch he'll not tell he'll just be like hey how's it going blake great that's it (laughs) like no stories (laughs) But I've I've gotten in conversations with him where we've just been like, he's just told me so many different things, life on the road, and he's a dude that's out there grinding and doing it. Um, so we're happy about that. We got a great show for you guys. Uh, me and Phil are going to catch up. We're going to talk about things. Of course, I do have a soapbox, a couple of them. Nice. I just, it's just, yeah, it's a given. You guys already know that. Wouldn't be this show if we didn't have soapboxes, right? Um, This is the Drum Brigade pod- podcast episode 80, Phil, 80. 20 more to go, and we have 100. And that is when we will have made it. <laughs> Lambo dealer. 100 episodes down, Lambo dealer, dude. Yeah. We're going to do the podcast from the Lambo dealer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the Lambo. We're going to fill it with water so it's like a jacuzzi, and we're just going to sit in the Lambo. <laughs> Damn, Lambo jacuzzi sounds pretty good. Well, Phil, when you have as much money as the Drum Brigade, you can do anything. You can accomplish your dreams. It's been hot lately, though. Maybe we'll just turn it into a swimming pool then. A swimming pool limbo. Limp a limbo. <laughs> <laughs> a limbo. <laughs> it's a Lamborghini limo. Uh, <laughs> This is going to be a silly episode, dude. I had a late night. We're going to get into it. It is my soapbox. Okay. Mm. Gave myself a haircut, Phil. I cannot tell you how nerve wracking it is to give myself a haircut because I'm not the guy that's just like, let's just buzz it. I'm like, nah, dude, I want like a fade. Like I want a little line so I can look all hip hop. Yeah, (laughs) it looks good. No more high top fade for me, man. No. So I, I like this look. This is the, this. I never really got a fade when I was younger. I would just shave it myself, but I would shave it like almost bald. Yeah. And um, so I cut it, 
went in the room. I was like, babe, look. And then she's like, oh, it looks so nice. Um, let me help you fix it. <laughs> <laughs> and then she like helped me like fade it a little bit better. And yeah, um, it's hard. I, I mean, it's, good fade. it's not that bad, dude. It's not that bad. For doing nice. it myself, looks good. It's not that bad. Um, it's not okay. It's not that bad if I'm not wearing a beanie. If I'm wearing a beanie, it's like either I'm yeah. I'm just trying to, I don't know, cover up that mess. <laughs> last month or last couple weeks, I've been wearing a beanie every day. Okay, that should tell you how good my haircut was. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, all right. Anyways, episode eighty. Um. That's a humongous accomplishment for us. Oh my gosh, I can't even believe I just said that. And episode 80. Um Yeah, so you can listen to this podcast on all the platforms. Uh iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, Radio Public, drumbrigade.com. You can listen. You can find all those platforms on drumbrigade.com and you can download it from drumbrigade.com too. Yeah. Um yeah. So, you know what's cool, Phil, is we've reached a point in our podcasting career where I think we have some steady listeners, obviously. <laughs> I say that like so, I don't know, reluctant. Like, I think we have steady listeners. <laughs> but I know we have steady listeners now because every week, it doesn't matter who's coming on the show, we always have listener questions. Yeah, and nice. for a long time, we would post, we'd put it out like, hey, if you have any listener questions, and we would get nothing, dude. It'd be crickets. Yeah. And so I'm seeing a lot of our a lot of our guests are posting about it when we tag so when we tag them, they tag they are like oh sweet yeah man I'm going on the Drum Brigade podcast the best podcast in the world yeah and then they share it, and then all of their fans pipe up, and then their fans start asking questions like what was it like when this what was this about the thing is that's funny about today's listener questions is me and this dude. You know, like we've, we know a lot of the same people and we've played with a lot of the same people. And, um, I want to answer all of his questions. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, you, we'll, we'll get to it. Like I, I need to really just take a step back and let this be like his time. Cause every time I'm going to be like, let me answer that for you, dude. I'll tell you. <laughs> it's not about me. <laughs> I have a hard time with that not being about me. You know what I mean, Phil? <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. Anyways, a um, couple things to get to. First of all, the Drum Brigade. It's, um, man, camaraderie over competition. It's the brotherhood of drums. Our, our model is camaraderie over competition. So we try to show that. We try to do that in everything that we do. So we try to give drummers a voice on the podcast. We try to give drummers. Oh, we try to give drummers an identity through our apparel. We try to give our students a real sense of camaraderie because we host our remote lessons, Phil. Remote lessons um, in a very like encouraging and fun environment. And you're learning from two dudes that really go out there and do it. We're real. We're real drummers, right, Phil? Yeah, real drummers. We're not yeah. any better than anybody else. We're just real dudes that are out there working. So <laughs> what I mean by that is we just try to have that mentality and that attitude. We try to treat everybody like they're a part of the Brotherhood of Drums. And so if you want to be a part of the drummer, the Brotherhood of Drums, Brotherhood of Drummers, go and support all the things that we do. Listen to the podcast. Send in your listener questions. Send us an email. Just be like, yo, what up, guys? 
sometimes if you send an email, you might win something, you know? Sometimes we pick random people to just that send us emails and go, you know what? We're going to send this guy some true tones or we're going to send him some sticks or whatever. Yeah. Um, go and support our apparel, especially go and support our apparel. Um, I haven't checked in a little while, but some people have bought some things. So that's, that's really cool. Um, Anybody, anyone buy the shirt with my face on it yet? Um, <laughs> I don't know, no. dude. The craziest thing is people like those out of all of them. <laughs> out of all the shirts i paid somebody i paid somebody to to design our shirts and the ones that everybody likes is the one i made as a joke like let me throw these up maybe somebody will buy them maybe not <laughs> those are the ones that everybody buys <laughs> it's amazing um so yeah we have shirts with our face on them we have shirts with our logos we have design shirts like that just look cool like vintage inspired ones um we have everything I think I need to make Drum Brigade school ones. I wanted to make that COVID one with Jeff Endike. Dude, Jeff Endike's face on a shirt or Jeff Endike behind his blue, like, drums, his clear blue drums, mixed match, match drums with a COVID mask on. And it says, Korea. <laughs> it says, There goes right, my Korea. <laughs> The shirt simply says, there goes my Korea. There goes and it's like my Korea. K-O-R-E-A. There goes my Korea. People won't get it. If they listen to the show, they will, though. Because he's in lockdown. He has a mask on. He can't work. There goes his Korea. It's a, it's a great, it's a brilliant shirt, dude. We got to make it. I just don't, I'm not a graphic designer, so I have no idea how to make this shirt. <laughs> Yeah. It needs to happen. It needs to happen. And then on the on the back, it should just be like, zap it. That'd be awesome. It should just zap straight say Oh man. Um, okay. Serious stuff again. Okay. Yeah. So if you're the if you're part of the Brotherhood of Drums, try to support us in any way that you can and show the world that you're one of us. Right, Phil? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, serious biz. Uh, Revolution Drum Brigade podcast sponsored by Revolution. Um, they make forward-thinking drum products, uncompromised quality, and innovation. Uh, they're the ones who make the True Tones. They're the ones who make the Firefly T locks, uh, brass cymbal fasteners, a whole bunch of things. Um, their stuff is really like dope. If you guys want to get your hands on some really cool products. Uh, it's going to take your stuff to the next level or just make things easier for you. Like the firefly you could change a head in a few minutes, almost as fast as using a drill. Um, look up revodrum.com R E V O D R U M at checkout. Use the code drum brigade 15 and you'll save yourself 15%. Here's a cool thing. Funky Phil. What? Um, so as you guys know, there's a special place in my heart for Masters of Maple Drums. That's what I choose to play. That's what I played. I've played for a long time now. Long time. Like probably, I would say going on 10 years now, I've been playing Masters Ooh. of Maple Drums. That's crazy. I'm looking at them right now, stoked on them. They still sound as beautiful as they ever did. And they look as beautiful as they ever did. They also they also look and sound as good as they are because of Aquarian heads, but I'm not going to just list all my endorsements, okay? <laughs> I'm just going to say that my drums are better than anybody's out there. Except okay. mine. 
<laughs> except yours, except yours. <laughs> uh, well, there you go, there you go. Um, all right. So anyways, Masters of Maple is doing a really cool thing, man. Um, they reached out to us. They wanted us to do this read on um, our podcast. They're going on the Mike and Mike podcast this week, too. What? Um, and then they're coming on our podcast next week, Phil. Yes. So here will be on. And then another fellow, um, Masters of Maple and Dorsey, uh, Channing Cook Holmes, is coming on next week. The sharpest drummer in the business. Yes. Uh, Masters of Maple is doing something really cool that we all need. Check it out. They're partnering with Music Hairs and the Grammy Foundation. So how they're partnering, partnering with the Grammy Foundation, Music Hairs, is they're doing a limited release of the Trash Talk. Okay? So the Trash Talk, they already made the Trash Talk. I've been using the Trash Talk for a while. I love that snare. Um, anyways, they are doing... I got one a while ago when they came out. They only made 50, I believe. And I got one. Ooh. And now when they when Masters of Maple makes something, they're like, this is all we're making and that's it. You cannot get another one. Okay, so they made 50. I was like, I want one. Now they're like special collectors because they're not making any more. Well, they decided to do 10 more, Phil. 10 more. Just 10? Only 10. Oh, man. That's cool. And they're, I don't know if they're auctioning them off, but they're doing a, a limited re-release of the Trash Talk, and all proceeds go to the COVID-19 relief fund. That's they're not awesome. keeping any money. That's super cool. Yeah. So they're doing 10 Trash Talk snares. They're um, seamless aluminum shells. They're doing two-tone. This is the special part. They're doing two-tone plating with gold lugs. So... I'm sure Sahir will um, explain that more, but mine is just aluminum with chrome lugs. They're doing the special edition with gold lugs, so this one's going to be even more special. Um, they're doing five five by fourteens, and then five six by five by fourteen. I mean six point five, six and a half by fourteen. That's awesome. So ten total, um, seamless aluminum, two tone gold plating, um, gold lugs. Uh, and all proceeds go to the COVID-19 relief fund with Music Cares and the Grammy Foundation. That's really dope. That is dope. I love when people are making a difference out there, just like thinking about how they can help musicians specifically. And um, I think this is a really cool way. And then if you guys get your hands on one of these snares, first of all, it sounds amazing. Second of all, this thing is going to be a super collector's item. There's only 10 of these special special editions. And there, it's a rare snare anyways. Three, it's going to sound amazing. Four, you're going to be helping out other musicians. That's really dope. So if you guys want to get on there and start the bidding, I don't know if, how it's set up, but it's going to drop next Monday on um, Cinco de Cuatro, okay? <laughs> May 4th. They're going to ship um, immediately. All you got to do is go to mdrums.com. It goes live on, on May 4th. And... Um, Get your hands on one of these. There's only 10, Phil. That's it's crazy. Only 10. That's yeah. so cool, man. Yeah, dude. Those, those snares are rad. I really like yours. Which one? Yeah, did you, you get the line, man. You got the 5x14? I got the 5x14. Yeah. Um, I, I pro I'm, I'm really happy with it. First of all, it's beautiful, man. It's like, it just looks cool. It's got a cool, new, a cool like, um, different uh, badge on it. That they yeah. don't normally use it specific for that snare. Um, anyways, man, it's it's definitely one of my favorite snares. It's so different from all of my other snares. I always have high pitched 
you know, uh, cracking snares. I don't know, like those 90s sounding snares. And um, this one is not that. It's just a six lug. Beefy. Uh, and it, it's, it's just low warm, and it's just warm beef, beefy. Right. Yeah. So I'm, I, I wish I would have gotten the, if I had the money, I would have gotten the six by five too. And you like, I forget, did you, are, do you have those um, lug locks, the revolutions put out on there? Um, I did. So when I did the uh, revolution, um, the lug lock, whatever review, I used that snare. But I took, a, I, I really got those lug locks to use on my ska snare. So I took, uh, okay. I put that on the comma, the Tama, um, is it, it's not copper, it's a uh, bronze. Um, and so, yeah, that, it works really good on that. Cause that snare had an, like was notorious for detuning. Oh, okay. And I always, I just put, put them on all on the top on the, um, batter head and, um, that it does not come out of tune does not come out of tune that's awesome anyways if you guys want to check out the the masters of maple trash talk um you can see my review of the lug of the true tone lug locks sorry the revolution lug locks um and you can see get a good picture of it or um, mike dawson has done some reviews on it mike dawson's going to do some other reviews on it um i i didn't know he was only making 10 so i was kind of trying to get him to let me do a review on one of the the ones that they're auctioning off. But I don't think I'll be able to get my hands on one of those, but yeah. I might just do a review on my actual trash talk. And you know, the, the problem is he knows that if he sends me one of those, he ain't getting it back and I am never going to pay for it. It's going to straight take it too. Oh um, man. Robin, yeah. Robin, the charity fund. <laughs> no, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. I'm not, not that dishonest i would um i would it would be really hard to part with that thing though yeah <clears throat> but i would love to do a review i would love if he would just let me do a review um i'm gonna talk to him about it maybe he'll just maybe i'll just do one on my snare and just do a review and talk about how cool it is i have to do that it's on the list i'm doing it yeah do it um all right so i think that's it for our reads um but uh yeah, man, that that really I I can't say that enough. That make me that made me really stoked to just think about somebody's going to get one of ten snares, and like it's going to a good cause. It's really cool, man. Super cool. Um, yeah. Okay. So, anyways, Phil, let's get into it. Yeah. Enough of this. Episode eighty. Woo! Eighty fools. Eighty. <laughs> yes oh man i'm happy to be here phil but i am freaking tired dude yeah you had a late night huh oh man what were you doing <sighs> i ain't trying to hear that right now <laughs> phil already I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Dude, this video editing stuff has just gone out of control. Oh, no. Notice that I still haven't put out my school video. You put out a, a beautiful, amazing school video. I did one that was janky, but it was literally just I was in here 
and was just like, oh, well, let me see if this works. And then I just put that one out. I That's like not it, really though. what I what I want to do. You know what I'm saying? You, yeah. you guys probably don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. Me and Phil have started doing remote lessons. We're really like ramping up our, our lesson program. We're working on other stuff, new stuff. It's like, it's all lessons right now because that's our only work. Did you get your stimulus check, Phil? No. Neither. Yeah. And we're the two dudes that need it. You yeah, know? More than but then I hear else. other fools. Like, I'm not trying to be envious. <laughs> I'm not trying to be envious of other people, but I see other people that are like, yeah, I got mine. And I'm like, you didn't even need it. You're still working. Dang it. Like, you did not even need it. <laughs> okay. Anyways, so me and Phil got to work. And so we're trying to work with our lesson program. Okay, so ramping it up, stepping up our game. So one day I was in here, I finished up my lessons and I'm like, you know what? I wonder if I can record from Zoom like a little commercial. So I hit record and I was like, what's up? Hey, this is my, you know, lesson setup. I got this camera, this camera, this camera, but it's like, it's recorded through Zoom. So it's like low quality. It's not a real commercial. It's just me saying what my setup is. Yeah. And that's it. I'm not trying to build like a, quality commercial i'm just trying to let people fill people in and and like i don't know show people really truly what it is that we are working with yeah i felt like that was a little janky but it worked it got the point across for that week so i'm like i need to do this for real let's make a real video okay so i came in recorded it again and this time i did it on uh i was like let me think about what i'm gonna say rather than just off the top of my head did it the same way via Zoom, have my new setup with the banner in the background. I was like, this is just as good as the old one. Like, why repost the same video? Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? No, I'm I'm doing I'm I'm cutting corners, I'm being lazy. Let me do it for real. Mm. So I came in here on a Saturday, set up the lighting, did the whole thing. I've wrote a script. This is what I do when I make real like review videos and stuff. I oh. literally write a script. Dang. Went through the whole thing, filmed it, and was like, why does this look so janky? It doesn't look good. It looks a little bit better than what I already did in the Zoom app. Mm. It's too bright. It looks like, it looks, I can't say what it looks like because I'll be offending people, but it, it looks, I might as well have filmed it on my phone. It probably would have looked better. Dang. So I get on the phone with, with a buddy of mine. I'm like... The, the, one of the dudes that is here at the studio, the dude that does the documentaries, he was like, what are you, what are your camera settings on? I'm like, they're set on auto. Uh, <laughs> He's like, uh, yeah, no, you need to like, if you really want it to look the way that you want, you got to start adjusting stuff and you have to adjust the lights. And I'm like, well, maybe I should just wait till it's dark. So there's no light. He's like, that, that won't matter. Just do it. Right. So he went through this whole tutorial. I was like, up against the time clock. My family was waiting for me on Zoom to have some family game night and all this stuff. And anyways, I look at all the footage and I'm like, this sucks. Deleted it all. Ouch. So that's my third attempt. Fourth attempt. I come in here on Sunday, yesterday. Come, spent the day in here. Dude, lights, camera adjustments, worked it all out. Dude, came out so good. Came Sweet. out so good. 4K, just pro, as pro as can be. Dang, nice. Get home. I have a janky computer. My Actually, my computer's not that janky, but for the amount of workload that I want to do, it's like, it's a little slow. So it's hard to edit a video because you can't get the edits exactly right because it's like lagging a little bit. 
Long story short, dude, edit this video. A couple of the edits, I'm like, oh, I have to fix that. But the whole first intro, hey, what's up, guys? My name is Corey. I'm the owner of Drum Brigade and the host of the Drum Brigade podcast, blah, 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 blah. Saying my whole intro. There's a freaking piece of food on my lip. You can clearly see there's food on my lip. It's either like food or it's like, I don't know, a piece of tortilla. I don't know. Oh, that 4K <laughs> came and got you, huh? <laughs> Food on my lip. Oh my. And it's like, once you notice it, that's the only thing that you see. I don't know if it was like my lip chapped, my lip was chapped. I don't know. But all you, you're, you're not hearing anything about how great our lessons are. Oh. All you're thinking is, why does this fool have some white thing on his lip? <laughs> Not expecting that. I love it. Uh, dude, so I mean, one o'clock in the morning, dude, that's I finally finish editing the video and it finally renders and I can watch it in clean, pristine and without lag or anything. I watch it and I'm like, what the heck is on my lip? And like the rest of the video is great. And I'm like, but the lip, what the heck? But the lip. <laughs> so now I got to re-record the whole first bit of it, Phil. Because well, I ain't going to go out like that. This is just one section, right? It's the whole intro and then a couple other clips. But <laughs> I, I feel like I can easily re-get that. The ending is good. The ending is good. It's, <laughs> it's not funny! <laughs> I want to see the footage. I want to see it. Can you send me some? <laughs> uh, I got to save it now because it's like... <laughs> it's... <laughs> Dang it, where's my drop? Where's the drop? Where did you I'm the cool person in this room? It's not funny. (laughs) What what were you eating? I don't I don't know. (laughs) What the heck was I eating? I'm I think I made a burrito. Oh, some tortilla. This is the problem with filming by yourself, dude. This is the struggle that I constantly go through all the time. That's so good. And like I'm playing drums in the background and then like, dude, it took me forever to edit this. There's just multiple layers. There's like, you did it. There's like me playing drums in the, in the underneath everything. And, yeah. and then there's like one part where I like messed up. And so I was trying to edit that out and like still splice it together. And like, it just was not, dude, it was not. So one thirty in the freaking morning, Ugh. I'm still there editing. And I'm like, I can't, I can't, I just got to close the laptop, go to bed. And reshoot the intro tomorrow or Tuesday. Yeah. And like, then it's going to, now I'm worried like, well, my hair is going to grow out and now it's going to obviously look different. I have to wear the same clothes. So it looks like I'm filming on the same day. Like I'm like, gosh, why, why, why can't I just put out a nice video? And so now I have rules. It's like, I got to go and look in the mirror before I freaking go and film hit record. Mm. I have to like, put my best foot forward when I always try to put my best foot forward when I'm playing, but uh, yeah, nightmare, (laughs) nightmare. It's a nightmare. I ain't trying to hear that right now. I love it. It's so good. (laughs) (laughs) But not, it's no joke, man. The the video, video editing is such a pain in the butt, dude, getting it to look right. I mean, I never even, you've got way better gear than me and, and lights and everything. So you have a whole nother level, but dude, it's, and just like getting, being able to use the program 
Yeah. Like understanding how to make what you see in your mind happen. And it that's the problem too. It, it's like when I, when I was thinking this out, it was like, Oh, like you run into, you'll hit a snag where it's like, huh, that's not coming out the way that I thought. Like I have this transition where the, the idea on the script was like, I come in, I'm setting up everything you know, you you get B-roll stuff of me, like, flipping on the lights, me tuning the drums, you know, whatever. And then I sit behind the drums, and I'm like, we ready? Okay, cool. And then I do a drum fill into me playing in the background. Then it's me sitting, like, hey, what's up, guys? Whatever. But then that transition of me going, we ready? Like, it was so corny. It didn't work. <laughs> it was not working. Like, you know, and, like, and then... The, it didn't have the impact of like the fill coming in strong. And then I didn't know how to like, should I zoom into the fill, the fill or like, should I like slow-mo into the fill? Like, I, I don't know what to do. And so I took out the, we ready part and like <laughs> just had me behind the drums, like in slow motion. And I put like a, and then into the, like the drum fill. Nice. And it, it kind of worked. It wasn't like, Oh, like a, mike johnson video or something it was like it worked but it wasn't it, it's just the problem is too it's just like our playing we see our imperfections but when somebody else watches a video they're like dang man who did this video and you're like i did yeah. <laughs> you know like but this one they'd be like man what's on your lip <laughs> <laughs> oh god oh, that's awesome um, so anyways, speaking of videos, man, I had, um, that, that, um, there's another nightmare situation where I did that stupid, um, uh, stupid. It's not stupid. That, um, smells like teen spirit video with the side hustle. Yeah. That's the, it was awesome. So last week I was like, Hey, and, and thanks Phil. Um, last week I was like, yeah, man, I was so proud of myself. I read down the chart and played it played what was on the chart and there was like a legit drum chart and I played it all. And, and then like, he's like, all right, man, thanks. But no one was really saying anything. No one was really like, yeah, man, you killed it. It was just like, cool, let's just put it out. And then I noticed that there was like edits where they took the drums out and put their digital drums in on some parts. And I was like, why did they do that? Oh, really? I played what was, I played what was written on the chart. And, um, dynamically it wasn't that good it was just like i just played it straight yeah. like straight up like a couple drum fills and i just played what was on the chart straight up there's no drum fills written on the chart uh-huh and so the bass player was like bro i thought you were gonna be you and i'm like well i thought i was supposed to play the chart and he's like yeah i mean i think that was a reference and it was like a roadmap and I said, well, there's like specific drum parts written. And I said, I just assumed that was what he wanted because there was no direction. And he's like, oh, no. He's like, whenever they write charts in this band, they, they write specific parts that's like a reference, but they want you. They hired you to do you. Yeah. And I was like, oh. And I was like, I was just not, not excited about it. Like, I didn't want to post it. And then they posted it like featuring the organ player and featuring the drummer because I'm not in the band. And I'm like, this isn't a feature. This is just me playing like a studio session. Yeah. And so anyways, <clears throat> it was it, it ended up being like a total smooth jazz song with the way that I was playing. 
It was pretty smooth. And I, if, if you know anything about me or if you listen to any episodes of this show, I do not like smooth jazz. You love okay. it. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, long story short, dude, they were like, the, the guitar player called me and he's like, hey, man, I just spoke to the bass player and he was saying that like, he didn't under, you didn't quite understand what we were looking for. And I didn't really want to send it back and be like, yo, can you give me a little bit more like fire on this? Because I thought that would be rude. And I'm like, dude, what? I'm like, yeah, man, you gotta like, you, if it's not what you want, you gotta let me know. It's pretty easy for me to just hit record and redo it. Yeah. And so I re, re I'm like, let me get in my studio tonight and I'll re-record it for you guys. And do it how I would like to do it instead of like what's written on the chart. I didn't even look at the chart the second time and just recut the video. And it, I feel like it came out pretty good. Then I was like happy to post it and stuff like that. So nice. Yeah. So I redid that. So that officially came out this week and, um, or last week. And, uh, it's pretty good. It's on my Instagram. It's on the side hustle Instagram. If you got if you want to go watch it, and stuff like that. Anyways, enough about me, Phil. What's what's been going on with you? Uh not too much. I, I tried to do some recording this week um for a friend, uh, this great French harmonica player. Nice. <clears throat> like he did one of those videos of himself playing a tune and then it turned into like, Oh, let's let's make this a, let's collaborate on this, blah blah blah, you know. Yeah. And uh, so I was trying to I was trying to track along with that, but the uh, he didn't. I don't think he recorded it with a click or anything. Oh boy! So it was. It, I I was able to get some some good tracks with it, but uh, um, I didn't even send them to him before he even I even got to send them. He he already wrote me back, being like, "Oh wait, we're gonna redo it with like like proper." <laughs> oh, cool. So I uh, I got to play some drums. I set up my my vessel drums and everything, and that was fun to yeah, <laughs> that was fun to do. <laughs> and I'm excited because uh, I'll get to do it. To, I'll do it again this week, and it'll be it'll probably be better. And then that's uh, cool. I did um, I played drums all day yesterday, like Eric Moore, ten hours. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> t- it was like six ish. Dang six. fool! But it was uh. I went to that to do that. Like, I actually got to go do some demo videos that I like for that company I, I work with sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I spent all day just tuning and demoing drums. Oh, that's cool. It was fun. You feel like Is after it? that, you feel like, dude, I am playing so much better than I was playing. Like, I noticed that when I come in, cold i'm like yeah it's it's cool like i feel like my ideas are more um clear i think but my execution isn't and then i sink into what i normally do like as the time goes on until i start working on something specific anyways after like a six hour day i haven't had too many six hour days of drumming but you feel like man my hands are just working like my foot is working or just going where i I feel like after that long i'm like I'm kind of tired. Yeah. Well, <laughs> definitely. Like I feel like uh yeah, I don't know. There's a sweet spot I feel like where you're you're properly warmed up and executing what's in your yeah. head and then if you go 
for a really long time beyond that, I start to get like mental and physical fatigue. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm just, I don't know. Did if you eat in between? Not very much. Oh I my probably gosh, could have eaten more. Problem. <laughs> but it was uh, that's the problem. Nine different snare drums. Wow. <laughs> wow. It was fun. <clears throat> that sounds like so much fun, man. I wish I can. I wish I can get more gigs, like demoing stuff and um, reviewing stuff. I still have to do the review for mono. Maybe that's why. <clears throat> Maybe that's why I haven't gotten any other like gigs to do stuff, but. I basically tell companies, man, if you want, like, I prefer to get paid, but if you want to just give, like, send me product, I'll review it, you know, and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I never, I didn't tell Mono that, but they sent me, like, seriously, one of the dopest backpacks I've ever seen. That's and, like, so cool. I have not used it yet because I'm trying to keep it in pristine condition so I can review it properly. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, I. it's easier for me to review drum products. Um, because I know how to use them and it's hard for me. I'm not like a, a standard YouTuber guy. Um, so it's hard for me to just be like, yeah, okay. So I'm going to review this backpack. I guess I can, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'm going to do it. It's on the list. Do it. Masters of Maple trash, a uh, trash talk snare review. Mono backpack, fly by backpack. Yeah. <laughs> I got some reviews I got to do too. Yeah, reviews are good. They're fun to do. They're just they're fun to do when they come out right. Yeah. And so now that I know how to use my camera a little better, I can do them a lot better now. Yeah, I so. need to get a cool camera like you. Honestly, man, you can get one. Like, I mean, probably when this thing is all over, but like um like when this is all over and we start doing more video production stuff, um I'm I'm probably going to get another camera body, but not the one that I got. So I got the Sony Alpha 6400, but you can get the 6100 and it's it's like a lot cheaper and you can splurge over time on lenses, not the body. The body is it matters, it does matter, but it doesn't matter as much as getting a quality lens. I didn't know that. Oh. And so um now that I I'm glad I I made the purchase that I did because it, it shoots in 4K and and it it suits my needs perfectly, um, but yeah I'm probably gonna get something like that and just get just use the kit lens just for filming in here and then when we go out my wife can have a camera to use too. That's cool. So there's so many things, dude. There's so many things adding to my list of things that I want to get. It's just nonsense. It's like. <laughs> From like a new computer to a new mixer to a new camera to a new symbol to a, a new car to a new bike. So it's just never ending. Yeah. I feel um, you. Dude, I've been riding bikes every day. Nice. I rode yesterday. I never ride on Sundays. And I, I just get, I have a trainer in the backyard. Um, I told you that. It's like a stationary bike. Jump on that thing for 45 minutes. I'm like dumping sweat. I'm going to be so ripped, Phil. So ripped. Legs are going to be huge. Yeah. My legs do not grow. They just get like my, you would die laughing if you saw my legs. They're just teeny tiny, skinny little arm legs. <laughs> arm legs. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, yeah, we're going to, um, transition and get, we're going to take a break. We're going to get Blake Collie on. I see that he already jumped in our, our, um, zoom meeting and, um, we're going to just chat it up about reggae. All right, Phil? Yeah. 
Let's do it. Okay. Yo, Funky Phil. Yo, Corey. We have some great listeners, don't we? Yeah. You know how they can be even more like dope than they already are? Keep listening. Definitely true. What else? Tell all your friends. Also very true. What else? Join the Patreon. All good things. But you know, the biggest thing that they can do is go to drumbrigade.com and check out the merch store. Yes. We have so much like dope swag up there. We got men's shirts, sweatshirts. We got women's shirts. We got kids' shirts. Yes, onesies. We got socks. Mugs. Phone cases. Stickers. We got it all. All in different sizes, all in different colors, just for you. So if you want to show the world that you are a drummer with style and you're part of the Brotherhood of Drums, go to drumbrigade.com, visit our merch store. Oh, yeah. The Drum Brigade podcast is brought to you by Revolution Drum. Right, Funky Phil? Yes. Yeah. Yes. True Tones, which are premium drum dampers, Firefly drum key, T-locks, solid brass cymbal fasteners, all kinds of different things. They got a, a collaboration with Big Fat Snare Drum called the Butter Cake. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Beefy. Yes. Revolution makes forward-thinking drum products with uncompromised quality and innovation. If you guys type in the code DRUMBRIGADE15 at checkout when you visit RevoDrum, R-E-V-O-D-R-U-M.com, you can save yourself 15% on any of those products. Yes. Use the code DRUMBRIGADE15 at checkout, RevoDrum.com. Oh, buddy. Drum Brigade Podcast, episode 80. Coming at you. Oh, yeah. Brought to you by Revolution. Brought to you by Masters of Maple today. Uh, We got a special guest on the line, Phil. Very special guest on the line. Well, in the room, I should say. In the Zoom Zoom chat room. Played with Holly Cook. Played with Safe Ferris. Plays with the Lions. Plays with the Rise Roots. Does a whole bunch of stuff. There's a whole long list of other artists that he's played with. Keeping busy doing dance classes. Not dancing, Phil. Playing drums for dance classes. Please welcome to the show, Blake Holly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's up, man? How's it going? Oh, man. You know, day to time in this uh, new adventure we're all in. Yeah. But, uh, I can say uh, I'm doing quite well. Uh, as you mentioned, I'm able to play dance classes through this wacky electronic drum setup i've created through zoom with uh the colburn school where i've been at for about 13 years wow and um another cool thing is to be at home in my own studio and get it just reconfigured uh super mapped out been learning a bunch of my gear uh doing mixing doing some arranging for people so uh lots of stuff going on to still be at home in my space and active uh, I, I don't think a lot of people know but past drumming i do a lot of music production and music mixing and remixing for people um I've dubbed and done dub remixes for people things like that did a dub movie soundtrack nice um, so 
the uh, gear audio tech mixing world is another a bag of tricks I have, but ironically, most people know me obviously through all the reggae work or Jamaican music. I, you know, I'd like you, we play multiple styles of Jamaican music. Yeah. And so, uh, it was genuinely through my personal fascination with dub music from Jamaica that got me into how uh, studios just work because I wanted to know how I, how could I make my drums sound in these ways like I would hear from these recordings. I, I was just, to this day, uh, I, I still am collecting Jamaican music like to no end. And I, I can't tell you how many albums I've amassed now between uh, vinyl, CD, and digital trading and archiving with different... Wow. And um, on that note, I did something special for this uh, podcast for you guys and all your students and, and whomever is that uh, whoever would like to reach out to me, I'm on Instagram, uh, direct message me with your email. Um, I created a playlist on the Barrett Brothers, the Carl nice. the drummer. Of, uh, as everyone knows, with Bob Marley and his brother, Aston Family Man Barrett, the bass player. These guys are, I can't put to words except to surmise like two of my all time top, top five favorite musicians. Yeah. And so, um, in getting into them through the obvious means of um, Bob Marley, it came to start to pop the hood on the other work that that they did for other people and like first kind of introduction to that would be like augustus pablo mm -hmm. right and so long story short is uh i amassed this playlist over five volumes this <laughs> and 90 tracks of wow it's it's the untold story really of the barrett brothers and and i did this out of being prompted that I, I know you've seen this probably a lot, is that people ask, like, how did you learn this style of music, et cetera, et cetera, because we're coming in at age bracket and or otherwise where there's no how-to videos, or if they are, it, books, whatever I've seen. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of um, really poor representation in documentation of of being just a drummer to learn this style of music. And I was so into dub because of being so into hip hop and electronica, like drum and bass of the nineties as a, just as a drummer and, and just my own taste in music that dub was like this missing link, like great grandfather of hip hop beats. If mm -hmm. you know. And just getting inside of this genre, it made me ask, questions because my whole background ironically you can't see it in focus is an iron maiden poster is i'm <laughs> a metal drummer back in the day and like metal being specifically like 80s like thrash and speed and and early death metal and things like that so really progressive progressive high energy drumming and highly technical drumming and that led me into fusion and then of course jazz and any kind of top end people 
And the interesting thing enough was like a lot of other drummers, I think across the board in the world, as a kid, my introduction to reggae was Stuart Copeland and the police. And what I found then, as it still remains to this day, was getting into this mindset of like, man, I come from metal, rock, American, even like R&B and funk and soul. I grew up on a lot of Motown. Is that uh, these guys were doing this stuff mechanically speaking. Uh, it was like, I don't even think this way. I don't have the instincts to even think to these ideas. And so fast forward and getting hip to uh, the first dub I ever heard was uh, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner by Black Who Sly Dunbar and Sly and Robbie. And like that f- just floored me. And then uh, leading into uh, the first openings of the door to Bob Marley's bigger catalog. And then uh, True Democracy by Stillwood. And, and then I can't exclude this. This is another interesting one, is uh, high school and getting exposed to Fishbone. <laughs> Fishbone first, Bad Brain second, but Fishbone at the top of the list because it was like, they're, they're like one of the possibly ultimate mixed bag genre bands and coming from that time of the 80s into the 90s that there wasn't this whole kind of uh in the box following that everyone does with genres that like it was just cool to be into like what was then known across the board like alternative music if you will yeah or this or that there wasn't all these subgenres. it was just like if it wasn't popular it was literally just alternative and so i'm going into this and saying that i always found like reggae was this funky through line across all these killer drummers like if it was like tim at herb alexander and primus there's reggae Stuart copeland influence over to like eventually when i got into the fusion shredder ogs of sorts because there's now like a whole new breed but like getting into uh manu kache his early work with sting and how he's just like he's so creative in his own approach to reggae and then comes uh vinnie caliuta who's uh, you know my top favorite all-around superhero drummer but specifically you go back to Joe's Garage by Frank Zappa, and there's a song on Joe's Garage called Lucille. There's a few reggae pieces, but Lucille is one of these things that I, I encourage every drummer to A, hear Joe's Garage, because it's dumbfoundingly insane to know Vinnie Kelly is around 21 or 22 years old, something like that. But his playing on Lucille to be an actual, like, I'm going to play reggae down, but be Vinnie. It's on par with literally like taking every best idea that Carlton Barrett or Santa Davis was doing met with some Stuart Copeland, Roto Tom kind of insanity. And these things just made me really step back to take focus on the genre met with Fishbone because now going back to their first album, Party at Ground Zero, 
I just, it's like, that's like just the top, top end of like how to play drums, nonetheless, ska or, or <laughs> second, third wave ska, whatever people call it. But let's mm. just Fish's influence on me is, is drastic for guiding me to care about the style because then fast forward all the way up to now I'm in high school and it's uh, Give a Monkey a Brain album. And there's that key song, Unyielding Conditioning. Dude. Is if, you, if you were to put Unyielding Conditioning on and then put on 1965 Scottalites, you're, 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 you're hearing a direct, like, no, no short change at all of how phenomenally executed they they play his playing is is insane on that dude song. starting with that opening drum fill and and i, I it's funny because fast forward uh the, one of the projects i'm in is called the first cuts with uh my my good friend uh roger Rivas from the agrilites and and chris dowd and uh our good friend jared meeker um who played with me with holly cook is that uh I've essentially become super duper close friends with 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 Chris over these last several years. It was about two years ago. Funny thing about Fish is I've been on the scene. I came out here to L.A. in 96 and um, I've seen Fish play in so many incantations. You guys might know or remember the Temple Bar in Santa Monica. Yeah, that was just like such like a heyday of of la club scene bands and and literally like people know me from the lions and the lions came out of that and then work i did with a joey altruda with a crucial rhythms and and that's its own another story i'll get to in a second but i've just seen fish around for so long and there was never a time to legitimately like hang with him and 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 connect to to be like kind of like fanboy if you will but just to be like dude like thank you and like man i i get i get it like it's it's become my own fascination and so it was like two years ago there's a tribute show to uh steve grizzly nesbitt the drummer of steel pulse Mm -hmm. and um i was fortunate to get called to sit in and play a song with steel pulse on nice and uh fish was one of the other drummers so chris dowd came with fish and Finally, on that night, we were just nerding out about, like, Grizzlies playing. And then, of course, like, all these other super greats with Carlton and, and Horsemouth and, and uh, Lloyd Nibs to you name it, man. And it's so I, I know I'm going deep here, but this playlist I made on the Barrett Brothers is is to address how many people have come to me because I teach lessons and have taught for the last 20 plus years is that it's always the same thing. Like, how'd you get so good at this style or, or, and it's and it's always been, I say the same thing is it's like, man, I just listen to the music all the time. Like it's literally my favorite style or genre of music. And it's not just, you see it, I'm sure you guys have seen it. Like, there's people that are like ska heads or rock steady heads, and then heavy roots guys, etc. 
and and it's just such a trip because here in California and especially based here in like greater Los Angeles, there's this epic new wave of all these reggae bands. Mm-hmm. That, you know, and so it's wild to see the 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 interest, the fan base, the the growth of uh appreciation to the style, but so many people do not realize how deep it actually goes in what the catalog is that this handful of guys from that island created that like if you go all the way back to the Scottalites and to like Byron Lee and the Dragonaires, like the two top billing ska groups, mm-hmm. and go all the way up to 85 Prince Jamie Slang Tang drum machine. And you you capped like if you put that 20 year mark, we're literally dealing with like 150 musicians, maybe 200. I'll, I'll wiggle to 200. And and there's a, a great box set, The Story of Jamaican Music. And I've got it right here to show you. Here in the back, this list right here is two pages. This page is just the musicians. Wow. This is the producers. Like, I'm not making this up. As to say, like, the idea that people trip out on for in- the funk brothers at motown and yeah. then the fucking crew right that these are like two of the great all-time hall of famer production houses of same musicians hal blaine's recorded on all this stuff love me some hal blaine look mm. wrong but dude when you're talking about like 20 to maybe 30 drummers from 20 years time that have recorded what like 50 60,000 albums? Yeah. Songs of pop. How did, like, a question I asked, like, my buddies in the Lions, the Agrolites, the Expanders, like, I could cite all the heads of, like, all the guys that I'm friends with. This is something that people need to know. And this is why I made this playlist, is that if people want to know about the music, what happened when I started to pull back the layers was I was just going to do, like, you know, 20 or 30 tunes, mind-blowing, but then it was just like, oh man, then there's this, and then there's this, and then there's this, and then there's this. And then the big kicker with dub was you hear the dub version, you hear the drums and the bass, and now you get over to the vocal version, and it's almost like it's buried. And you're not even thinking about the drums and the bass because you're attracted to that vocal. Mm-hmm. You're going after the songwriting, etc. You know, And so this takes me back to that thing that some musicians can do it, and I'm sure you guys are the same, but like the cliche I would always see back when I was a kid in metal was like, how do you listen to these singers? They're terrible. And I was just like, dude, it's not about the singers for me. It's about what that guy back on the drums is doing. I can get things out of my mind. So fast forward and just tripping out on this approach that, that these guys took. So just to kind of put a cap on this is to say that while I was discovering all these superhero drummers that like, Hey, if you want to play a gig, like you want to be playing with sting, you have to know your reggae chops in and out. And, and, and even like 
Stuart Copeland vocabulary reggae to then just reggae basics as a whole, you know, that kind of thing. And so it's just been so insightful to see uh, the appreciation for the genre now more than ever. But it's also been very disheartening to see that this amount, literally I'm speaking of 40 to 60,000 albums by this 200 odd people are glossed over in such a way that it's just like, oh my God, like just hold up, you know, because then comes the soul element of Jamaican music, that Motown kind of tie in in its history. And so you're getting this quality of music that is as rich as as anyone could ever dream of. It's like if you like right. or love Motown, it's like, dude, like Jamaica's got this bottomless well of beautiful music for you. Man, you know? everything that you're, everything that's so funny, everything that you're saying is like everything I've either said or taught or like we're like so much the same in like what we do and what we've done. Yeah, man. Um, and the same thing for me growing up, man, my, like I was, there's videos of me at three years old playing to the police. Yeah. And there's like, that's awesome. like, when I heard, when I heard fishbone for the first time, it just, I could not believe. First of all, I was like, wait, there's these black dudes and they're playing rock. Right. Like, I, I like rock. <laughs> you know, like, And, um, and then it's everything that you said, man. It's crazy. But one of the things that I like to, I, I think about too is so, you know, like you, like, you know, I, I've been playing this, this style of music for a very long time with a lot of the same people. Yeah. And, um, one of the things that I think is missed in, in some of the cases, some of these, these guys in LA, now the younger generation of reggae musicians are absolutely killer, man. Yeah. Like killing it. Like, the Delarians, they're you know they're like an early reggae style band. Yes, I, I've subbed with them, and yeah, he was texting with Angel today. If he's listening, shout out. Yeah, get together, and yeah, and it's and are you kidding? Like it, it's crazy. Keep going. I don't want to interrupt. Yeah. Anyways, um, but you got to think about that. You're one of the guys too now, like because we're like all part of another generation, you know, like right. me, you, Scott Abels, Greg right. Narvis, um, uh, who else out there? And then I'm not even talking about like the roots guys, like Zebby and right. um, a, a bunch of other guys that have taken the old records. Um, Oliver Charles is another guy, um, taken that like all we did was listen to records when we were younger or like when we were on tour, you know, when I was, when I was touring with Agrilites, we would never listen to anything else, but it's like early reggae and like other kinds of reggae and bossa Nova. That's the only three music choices we'd listen to in the van. That's it. And um, so we just listened to old stuff since we were kids, since, since we were teenagers, we were only, I was only listening to ska and reggae and like punk. Yeah. And anyways, I think a lot of the younger generations either here in LA or maybe not the bands that really sound authentic like 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 Delarians or like um Steady 45s or any any of those those bands but right. um some of the other bands I think are influenced 
and I don't mean this in a really like arrogant way, but they're, they're influenced by us. They're listening to us. They're not listening to the old stuff. Right. <laughs> what I see now with this whole Cali root scene is that like, I, I'm, I'm currently the drummer in Arise roots and I, I, I do I have to stop and give a major shout out to Zebby. He's the, he and their, their older drummer, uh, Winston are the two guys on Arise roots, uh, new album. That's, been coming out as singles and steadily will do so nice and zebby a la detour posse i used to my first reggae band i was in i went to cal arts out here that's how i got out here to la was to basically go to cal arts to get into the la music scene and just on my own interest and love in accord got into uh reggae like just world music as a whole with jamaican music at the forefront um I, i've played a lot of african music and different styles of african music worked on and off for years with uh, rocky Dauni from ghana and cool. been all over the world with him and 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 he has a lot of incredible reggae but it's african informed so it's 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 based in the style but coming from a whole nother language inside of it and playing with him ironically side note played with ronnie mcqueen the bass player of steel pulse in that band for six to seven years so ronnie my favorite bands of all time tutor and like became good friend to mentor to ask questions galore you name it man and it's just one of these things that all of my history with this genre literally has been singularly driven by my absolute love of it that i just i want it more i want to get better at it right now like today i i want to be as good as i can be to keep improving and that's my own drive just in music right but what's insane is to see in this new posse of cali roots bands and going back to like zebby and 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 knowing a guy like that for as long as i have to see that like dude zeb's been like in the trenches forever as, as, as you know it's like yourself yeah. myself you know what i mean like we're all it's always something that's calling upon us to bring out that skill set if it's if it's in the forefront if it's like you know you or me we play with some pop person and they've got like the one to three reggae tunes out of their like 12 to 15 song set kind of thing you know what i mean mm-hmm. zebby's i mean dude it's like Plays with tribal and like he's just ridden the arc like forever and i just i cannot say enough about him as like another one of these heroes to this scene and yeah it's to see cats like him like yourself like myself to see that what i've seen in these newer bands is and this is coming from like lots of information when i say this this is not just my opinion is they're only influenced by the other bands in the scene that's cool mm-hmm. man. you know but like i just i i can't wrap my head around it when there are tens of thousands of albums to draw upon mm-hmm. and then you look at it as though as soon as it goes rare or unsung hero like enos mcleod you know or for devin morrison this is uh josh stitch we were at Roger Stephan's house looking through Roger's 45 collection only. One day, we, I, I, when playing with the Expanders, we backed uh, Leonard Dillon from the Ethiopians. Nice. And Vernon Maytone. 
And one thing is that De- Devin and uh, his old friend Ben, uh, they old friends with Roger, basically. So we go there, and Roger's geeking out, interviewing Leonard and Vernon. And Devin's like, come here, dude. you got to see this 45 thing. Okay, we go over, and he's got this room. Go in there, and he's like, give me any name that would be the craziest thing to have on 45. And I was like, oh, like, Josh Stitch. Pulls it out. It's all advertised. And it's just like a stack of 45s. Oh, my God. All clean label. Oh. Autographed. No way. And, and I'm just like, dude, come on. And so you got to look at that, like, here's a guy, Roger Steffens, who's utterly dedicated his life, like, the best you could possibly be at knowing about this genre of music. Like, like tip of the hat to that guy, man. Like, that guy's taught me things galore just by reading the liner notes of albums, right? So here's a person with this amassed collection that like this whole new breed of people is sleeping on all these riches. If mm-hmm. you now I, I like I'm all for the new bands. I'm all for the growth and development of any genre of music. But it's just fascinating to see in listening to what I'm hearing by some of these groups that the quality of every component, like, keep in mind, I've been putting this playlist together for today to show people this very thing. Like, dude, I've been eating and sleeping the Barrett Brothers for weeks now. I like, mm. I've, I've got, I don't know, I'm, I'm not kidding when I say I have like thirty to fifty thousand Jamaican albums across my whole collection. Wow! And it's it's one of those deals of just like I'm scratching the surface at what I'm even putting forward. Okay. And so now it comes that, like, it just doesn't make sense to me that, like, if you were going to be a shredding metal drummer and you wanted to be only about, like, let's say, uh, uh, who's my favorite, personally, is Thomas Hake from Mishuga, and you want to be in this complete new school breed mentality, like, yo, like, props to you because... Like the insanity of what you have to physically be able to do. The guy with periphery, I'm spacing his name right now. These guys are absolutely phenomenal, right? But look, if you can't go all the way back and put on the first or second Black Sabbath record and draw parallels to like those guys wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Bill Ward, like you're 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 missing some some major things here. And it's interesting because there was the whole wave of Orange County bands with ska or ska influence. And for me personally, it comes back to Fishbone, dude. It yeah. was, Fishbone was just like, they were just so much better for me and my taste and what I was getting from Fish as a drummer. It's just like, yo, like this is the leader of that pack. And it's yeah. respect to all these great bands. They have amazing songs and amazing careers and the whole bit. But it's just the same thing of like, you go talk to Fish and he's going to be like, yeah, dude, you you cannot sleep on Lloyd Nibs. Like, it's just not an option. Like, right. And that's the part that trips me out when these bands come forward and they're they're citing like no influence, if not like 
the kind of just first steps into the depth of all this. And so like, take yourself, take the Argolites posse, take the expanders posse, take the delirians posse. And every one of those guys I can say are, are my friends and each one of them without those bands, they don't need the bands. Those dudes will be jamming this music because they love it. Right. And that's the key difference here is I'm the same breed. It's just like, man, I, I, uh, you, I, I, you said his name earlier. I cannot discredit Oliver Charles. Oliver, yeah. Like Oliver's dude. Like, it's funny. Fish, him, and you, to just be real about it, are like my favorites of the- <laughs> within another cat is uh willie mcneil oh my god forget it like <laughs> one of my favorites all time he's like ferocious on so many levels but like yeah ah, dude like like he and joey altruda recorded with us yeah. only the only record that cox and dodd ever did in california is with the two of them and it's <laughs> like it's done way before anyone's even thinking about any of this stuff. And it's just like, again, tip of the hat. And I can say this right now. It's just like, Willie's super homie. Joey Altruda is like one of my close friends, man. And Man, I would love to have Willie on the show, man. Wow. I've, I haven't... He's He's been one of my all-time favorites since I was 12, 13. Yeah. And he's just... He's such a sweetheart of a dude. And like constantly, like, if you want to talk about a gig warrior... And yeah how to get gigs like dude like he's the man i love i love so so i'm kind of i mentioned that dudes are like you know influenced by what we've done or what we're doing but i'm also guilty of that you know i obviously love and appreciate the older stuff the original stuff but man i've spent so many hours listening to willie listening yeah. to scott abel's like yeah. You know, I've done a, I've shared a lot of gigs with Scott and done a lot of different things with Scott, but like, there's no denying, dude. That dude, that dude goes deep on like early reggae, early ska, early like on how to record it, how to get the sound, right? Like how to like how to get a funk tone and how to play funk stuff and just his creativity and yeah, now crazy you, man. You just nailed something that I can't exclude for myself is that. Right, that right there is the other side of all this. That's again my own personal drive. Like, dude, I'm so into drum tone and yeah. drum tuning and drum sounds that, like, with my collection that I have, I've got multiple vintage kits and some newer ones, etc. But then an, an army of snares. Now, this all comes as to like be cliche, but when I will just say with snare drums. Okay, is that when I find this sound that I know I've I've done all my homework and know this is the drum used on X, Y, and Z, and I'm going to go after the tuning of it, and that once you find that thing, man, it's it's so sacred because now all of a sudden you start to learn a whole nother way to think about like 
what it is you're doing that isn't just like, okay, here's the hi-hat pattern, here's the snare pattern, here's exactly. the pattern, and I'm playing in time, and I'm feeling good, and the groove feels good. Now, you could play the sickest, most insane thing, but if it's on trashy-sounding drums, dude, it's just, that's how it's going to come across. That could be right. a thing for a take, you know, just to be real about it, because we live in these wild times. But for reggae... That's the other thing that always attracted to, like attracted me to the style. Is it like, bro, like Sly Dunbar's drum sound and his electronic extra toms, not his electronic kit, but the the showcase album, which is most people know it is. Guess who's coming to dinner? His drum sound, <laughs> dude. I've been chasing that drum sound, bro. My dude. whole life. My whole life, and like. <laughs> Literally, it took me uh, to about two years ago that, that I got it. And that's just one sound. Like, yeah. like early 70s sound, got that one. Like I could lay all this out because then it comes to like Style Scott and like all the Roots Radix stuff. And like, yeah, it just it it's so crazy to then take it back to Lloyd Nibbs, the Scottalite sound. And the the dude Lloyd Nibbs snare drum, yeah, is worth its weight in gold. Like like Jesus, it's crazy. <laughs> it's so true. Like that, um, that I can't remember the name of the the song, but there's the one where it's just the flam snare hit. Yeah, old Phil was a flam, <laughs> but. It's on the dopest sounding snare. Yeah, it sounds like a gunshot, dude. Ever, ever. another one that, that that I remember. This was like one of my own major aha moments. Was Natural Mystic Bob Marley mm-hmm. one Exodus when Carlton fades in, fades in, fades in, and he hits that fill. The sound of that snare drum just to this day still gives me the chills. It, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like oh man like that's how you set it up right there yeah is it man not to just play something cool but it's to have it sound amazing you know that's it, what people don't realize man is like so many people have emailed me or students or whatever and been like dude how did you get that snare sound sound what sound or what snare are you using what what head are you using what and i'm like man i don't i don't i don't know man like it's it's not that it's like we were just trying to copy the old records, man. And it's like, it's, yeah, it is my snare. And, but my snare didn't sound like that. Like it, it's like that combination with how it's compressed and how it was mixed. Right. And, and then how it came out, like in the album, it's, it, you know, it doesn't sound like that live. It's just, but then also that snare sounds like that because I played it like that, but you can get the same snare and like Phil can hit it. Or you can hit it, and it's going to sound different than the way I hit it. Right. And it's not better or worse; it's just different. You know, oh. it's so that's that, dude. I feel like we can. There's so many different things. Like we're just going to have to come have like a reggae devoted show and have like a reggae roundtable, maybe because there's you know, another cat who I've not hung with ever in all this, and people trip on this is is Gil Sharon because yeah, Gil's just become such a like standard to the style as an educator. Right. Well, he put out the videos on how to play it. So, <laughs> and, and 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 there it is. And it's just interesting because it just comes around to you marry like 
the education side, right? And how minimalistic that is in this one genre. Yeah. It's so crazy because it just comes back to, dude, you got to just listen to the records. You know, I remember when I was... I was with Expanders years ago. We first backed Leonard Dillon, and we had this couple days rehearsal. It's one of the the greatest moments of all our shared lives. And and we finished rehearsing all the songs for the show we were gonna do, right? And Devin and Cheegies and and John, God bless them, were and and we rehearsed at Chris Murray's house, which also includes Jeff from the Agrolites, right? Yeah. And so here is that set of dudes with Leonard Dillon in the house, right? So you, you can imagine where I'm going with this. We finish rehearsal, and Devin's like, hey, man, can we just play this one song? And he he couldn't believe it, Corey. Like, <laughs> like he, he literally burst into tears, dude. Wow. He, wait, you guys know my music that good? And we're like, oh, we would love to play this one and this one and this one and he's like i can't believe you guys as like young like white americans love my music this much and we right play and everyone everyone is singing the song and like we're all like group hug tears like yeah dude so huge man all because of of what not because like oh we're good musicians like yeah 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 there's that but listening just loving it Loving it and listening and just constantly, constantly digesting it, man. Because again, back to what I was saying here, the amount of music made on that little island, you know, and hey, I don't want to discredit other island cultures. Don't get me wrong here. But Jamaica's got this crazy thing with tie-ins to American soul. But the yeah, man. main thing with the dub game and all of a sudden it's just like, yo, dude, King Tubby single-handedly changed my life king tubby and scientists made me a better drummer same here I, I i understood space in a way i've never understood space i understood sounds in a in a in a way of sounds like i, I could go on and on and on there's a whole summer i got to hang out with scientists like i i could i've gone so deep and and i've got to hang out and actually drum geek out with style scott which is it's wow a, and it's just one of these deals, man, that like to do that, I can't tell you except to just say like, dude, I knew right where I was. You know, when you, you find yourself in life and you look back at certain things, you're like, you know, I really wish I had, had said more or done more. I was like, no, -uh. same feelings, man. There's no way I'm going to let this moment pass right now. Like I've had so many of the same same situations where I've I learned how to tune my drums for a root session with scientist. You know, right. he completely tweaked my whole kit. Right, dude. And yeah, and like I've had the same situation where like I was backing Prince Buster. A lot of you guys don't know who a lot of these artists are, but um, and was like, man, I wish we could play this song. And he was like, you guys know that song? That's like an oldie. Like it's a Jamaican oldie. Like why would you know that song? You know, you guys are kids. So, um, man, we could spend all day talking about this stuff, but let's, let's transition into, we got a few more minutes. Let's transition into, um, listener questions. Yeah, sure. Um, before we transition, where can we find this playlist? It's on Spotify. 
Um, actually, no, no, no. I'm going old school because the music is so rare. Believe it, I'm, I say this factually. Like, there's a dominant percentage of what's in this playlist that is not on, not only not on Spotify, it's not even on, like, YouTube. For wow. Like, so this is, like, all MP3s. I uploaded it. At Dang. I'll have to send it to you. So you'd have to find me on Instagram. You have to email you. And I'll send a link. Because it's, dude... With the, the craziness of the world that happens that we're in right now, the only thing I'm going to say about it is I realized in making this thing that I, I wanted to get this information out to the world. Yeah. It's like I, I, I find that, yes, myself, guys like you guys and, and our collective here, we may know it, but I personally take this um, ethnomusicologist role to my collecting with Jamaican music and in particular the Barrett brothers. And so Dope. what I started to just see was that like, this is just some of the best music to hear right now in these yeah. times, A. And B, the questions that you've always gotten myself to, like I want that reggae education, if you will, you know? And so mm -hmm. I, I gotta do a shout out to my man, John Wicks from Fits in the Tantrums to-, to Yeah, talk. John, dude to do this and john's so, got to come on too man tell him that he needs to come on the drum brigade podcast we reached out to him i can help make that happen Would <laughs> that's cool um okay so we're let's rapid fire these questions we're yeah. just try to let's keep them um as short as we can some of them are are long but we'll we'll see um so rapid fire rapid fire um listener questions this one comes from i don't know how to say his last name but justin hawk yeah. hawk yeah Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. Any necessities for bandmates when working with each other? Um, I would say it's, it's bandmates go a real game changer for me. That a, a simple answer to this is one way to get phenomenally better at playing reggae is if you are a drummer, sit down and play the beat of the song but while you're playing the beat, can you sing the bass line perfectly? Heck yeah. A, then switch. Can you sing the guitar part? And I don't mean just the skank. Is it a single skank? Is it a double skank? Is it like the rock steady style skank? And then next up would be the keyboard parts. Next up would be the horn parts and things like that. You know, like I, I will say away from drums i will probably be playing synths in some electronic band if i had my way but the one thing about jamaican music that i absolutely love is the horn sections tommy mccook roland alfonso don drumming <laughs> yeah. i could name so many dude the horn lines in jamaican music so know all the parts while you play your part and same thing goes if you're a bassist can you sing the drum part Mm -hmm. uh, can you sing the guitar part? And, 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 you know, I got my homies that'll tell you, like, I'm all about this because it just locks in your awareness of that conversation that you have. That's what's so fun about playing, let's say, Jamaican music, African music, uh, Latin music is the dialogues that you get into. Like, okay, you play this, why you play this, why you right. play this. That's... That's interesting. Last last week we had Ari Honeg on. I don't know if you know who he is. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, big big jazz dude. But he that's the same thing he said about jazz is um, 
can you sing the melody perfectly? Yes. And the difference is with reggae is there's a lot of different melodies. It's not just the vocal melody yes. or the horn melody. Right. The average, it's like, JD. yeah, the biggest, the biggest melody is probably the baseline right. you know, that you need to connect with. Of course. And then again, to just say like, that's what makes the Barrett brothers so crazy is that brother connection. Yeah. And one factoid I'm going to put here is a lot of people don't know this. The very first recording the Barrett brothers did, I do not have on MP3. It's not in the collection. This is why I'm saying this. <laughs> For Lloyd Chalmers, and it's called Reggae Pie Pie, where they cover Look a Pie Pie by the meters. <laughs> no way. Dude, you just blew Phil's mind. You've got to understand something. If you think about the quirkiness of the meters, if you say funk and you think, okay, P-Funk, Parliament. If you say funk and you say, of course, the king, legitimate godfather, James Brown. But then if you say funk and you say the meters, dude, you talk about meters. Like, Zigaboo Modelist is one of, like, my all-time heroes, as he is to so many. But his sound, his approach, his tone... You apply that meters mentality to, to the brothers, you're going to see meters, James Brown, Scottalites. Of the yeah. all the interviews I've read, that's the three through lines. As you say. I think those the the the, Bar the Barrett brothers are like kind of like the meters of reggae. Agreed. Yeah, you, you know. Absolutely agreed. And that the thing about Carlton Barrett is like his snare stuff, man. His snare rolls just. Wild. Ugh. Wild. The Bob Marley stuff with those tight, just pristine, precise, yeah. super tight, like marching snare stuff. It's killer, yeah. man. It's, it's, it is. And I know we got more questions. I'll say this. Go. This is so funny. Album of, of the century, Exodus, which like heavy reggae had to be like, yeah, whatever. Here's what I'm going to tell you. You go and you try to play that intro of Misty Morning. A yeah. total sleeper song. Go listen to what he plays <laughs> just on the intro. Just yeah. the intro. Next one. Most cliche Bob Marley song ever. How well does one know the drumming on One Love? Yeah. All the stuff he puts in that tune. Dude, it, it's crazy. Like, it's yeah. outrageous. How it's like almost impossible to replicate man it's like you have to study yeah and yeah. shed this stuff just the fill like just the opening fill you're like how what right and and what's the trip and i'll leave this here we got more questions is dude it all is musical it all is not in the way of the lead vocal. It right. all is in accompaniment to the main melodies, be it the bass line, be it the horn line, be it the sections of the arranging of the song. Like that is when you're dealing with a master of their craft. And, yeah, and, man. And, and I can't say it enough that like people get in that cliche, oh, you're not digging deep. It's like, yo, dude, I dig as deep as they come. <laughs> but let me just yeah. tell you, don't sleep on what's right in front of you because, man. He never half steps. They have no. neither of them do. That's the thing. Yeah, man. That's awesome. I got to hear this playlist, dude. I can't wait to hear this playlist. Crazy. Trust me. <laughs> um, okay. Don't get me started on this one. And I'm probably going to refrain from answering because I will hit the soapbox button. But um, what are your thoughts when your personal kit is asked to be used as a house kit on a gig? Well, <laughs> <laughs> Phil's laughing. If I don't 
know the band it's like the feeling of um like slight personal space violation right but if i know the band and being a professional like yourselves there is an aesthetic there that is is actually quite nice um i the last tour i just did with alborosi we actually teched uh the gear for alborosi right and so that was a trip because getting to hear my own kit night mm. after night made me just be like pat on the back like wow this does sound as good as i thought it did and, but as far as like these particulars go the thing that makes it a bit of a drag is for for guys like yourselves and myself we take all this time to develop this sound mm -hmm. and and i i stand by that so wholeheartedly that you know i don't have a picture now but let's say the kit that i use with the rise roots is so specialized to a the genres of jamaican music b to me and my approach to it that like i mean dude i couldn't tell you this might sound crazy to some but i couldn't tell you the last time i uh used a ride symbol that really <laughs> like i haven't used a ride symbol in eons and wow one of those deals that it's because i'm doing so much reggae work yeah like i just hi-hat crashes blam so that leads to some interesting scenarios so long story short it just depends on the context because it can help to have that through line through a night but if it's guys that i don't know that come in and bash and i've had that happen and i've had some cymbals get broken and some drums get jacked up it's a total drag because it's it's I put so much time into the tuning. Yep. Uh, it, it, it's, it's squirrely. But the best thing to do for those of the guys watching this, the folks watching this, if you're starting out, is to like do your best to feel out the person as soon as you can. If it means you meet them that night, just try to like, if you can watch them at sound check or whatever it is to like make absolute sure your stuff's not going to get destroyed you know and it, it so there you go it's a funny yeah. thing that's for sure <laughs> i won't i won't do it anymore i yeah. used to i used to be okay with it and um it just seems like after a while people are just like no nah, we'll use Corey's stuff he has the nicest stuff and it's like now nah, my my stuff is nice for a reason you know like i worked hard to be able to have an endorsement with these drum this drum company and Right. And I mean, I don't do it unless I absolutely have to just yeah. feel about it. You know, It would depend, man. Like, I think you, I would let you play them right. <laughs> and like a few others, Oliver, Charles, you right. know, Scott would be allowed. But, um, I, I feel like some dudes are just lazy, man. They have like, I, like I live in San Diego, especially when I play in LA, it's always the same thing. Hey, can we just use your drums tonight? And I'm like, nah, right. uh, -uh. Nah, we can use your drums. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm coming from San Diego and I'm loading up my car so you can just dip out after and get wasted. And, I, you know, nah. Yeah, yeah, that whole thing, that's a whole nother part of the answer of this. I won't even. Yeah. And for sure, for sure, nobody's using my snare and nobody's using my cymbals for oh, sure. 
forever. Like yeah. no way, Jose. Like <laughs> never, ever, 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 ever. Yeah. Um. I, um. I don't even know what this. Is. Okay. Of of I can't read, dude. Whatever. Okay. What kind of timbali sound do you prefer? Ah. Um. Uh, steel shell, thirteen inch. Actually, nice. Cool. Um, I think that's Avila Roots. Got it. Okay. Um, we already talked about this, but Jesse Control, what are some of your influences? We talked about, obviously, Car- Carlton Barrett and, and Fish. Yeah, I mean, look, when I say Carlton, like, I'll, I, 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 my influences to reggae are all, literally, all of the old school guys with yeah. Carlton at the top of the list. But, like, next up is this. Dude. He's still killing it right now. Today is uh, Carlton Santa Davis, bro. Yeah, Santa, dude. I've seen Santa do things that any drummer on the highest level of shredding drummers of any genre. Like, I don't know if you've seen him set up like this. I saw him play with Ziggy Marley a few years ago. He set up a cymbal stand where the cymbal is back here. <laughs> the stand was physically behind him hanging here he would come around and whip back yeah china and it wasn't like this gimmicky like i don't know pop performance thing he would play these fills and just yeah do man where it was like if ever you witnessed kung fu in drumming (laughs) this moment of like get out of here what just happened and everyone i was with this was with the lions crew we all were just like like, (laughs) oh my god and yo i've seen he's just he's another one that like dude he's like he's in fact what i'm gonna do in this playlist thing right is i'll keep tabs on on this whole community here but to just say i'm going to do my next one will be on him my next playlist and then i'm going to do a playlist on horse mouth oh my god scott because look man like there's some santa davis stuff like a lot of people don't know this i'll just say this one thing about influences okay since the question go listen to santa davis playing with roots radix how many people Mm -hmm. know that right everyone says style scott but you go to those early Barrington Levy albums, and it's actually Santa Davis. Yeah. And so you listen to Heavyweight Dub Champion by Scientist. Dude, his drumming on that, he does, he's got these rototoms, I believe, that it's, if it has to be, it couldn't be octobons. So I think it's rototoms. His whole game in orchestration, just like Grizzly Nesbitt's, orchestration, absolutely freaking phenomenal. So, yeah, man. I, I, so I can't. And then horse mouth. I mean, I could literally sit here and do an hour talking about each one of these guys. So like my whole yeah. thing, like give me everybody from every band because everyone has these little quirks and these little things and the ways that they, they do things. Lloyd Tinleg Adams. There's like a rarity. How many people love Tinleg, dude? That dude's a beast. The very first augustus pablo album this is augustus pablo that's actually family man on bass and guitar wow and tin leg on drums and it's just like 
Get out of here. This song called Point Blank. <laughs> Listen to that drum fill. Jesus. <laughs> There's a really... I uh, did an interview with Santa um, about a, maybe about a year ago, maybe two years ago. It's on our YouTube channel. Um, right. And uh, yeah, go watch it. It's good. It's, oh, it's like uh, anybody listening, if you want to see Drum Brigade interview Santa, I was kind of fanboying a little bit, just like... I would be. <laughs> and he was like kind of surprised. Like, you know, you know who I am? Like kind of... That was like kind of the attitude. <laughs> Yeah, I've hung with him briefly through the years at festivals and, and the like. And, you know, I, he's one of those I've yet to have a chance to actually yeah. super chat up. But he's, he's so cool, man. And he's, uh, he's, um, I always say he's like, he's kind of like the Billy Cobham of, of reggae, like just powerhouse, big fills, but yeah. precise and like, he's a big man. So he just plays with a lot of power. Yes. Yes. And that's, um, so we got two more um another one from jesse control what album that you've recorded on had the biggest impact on you that i've recorded that's a good question i would say probably what i i i'd maybe say the first lions album if not the second lions album the first one's called jungle strutton and the second one's called this generation and the reason being is that all the work that I had put into myself as the player married with all the work I put into the sound of my mm -hmm. instrument or instruments, like various snare drums and cymbals. Uh, the whole Lions crew is basically like a who's who of like top in studio dudes or in other bands. I mean, we're talking like the guys with, with Hepcat to... Connie Price and the Keystones and Macy Gray. So, like, huge shout out to Dan Ubik and, and Dave Wilder because that's the crew along with Roger for the Night Owls project that we're doing, right? Nice. And so, uh, the, then the guys from Orgone, et cetera, other dudes, every single person in that collective, right? Because, again, this even includes Devin from the Expanders. Every person is so sound aware, not just of their own instrument. But of like that's how the drum should sound. That's how the bass should sound. That's right. how the should sound. And so like it's kinda like, dude, if you don't come with your top end game as a musician, as a player, and with sound to boot, like, forget about it. But that wasn't really a prerequisite. That band came out of uh, a a group Joey Altruda had called Joey Altruda's Crucial Rhythms. And Oliver was the original drummer. Oliver got the gig with Ben. And so they needed a, a, a new drummer. And my buddy Todd Simon, who was a horn player, shout out to Todd, uh, we went to CalArts together. And Todd recommended me. I remember when I came in for my first rehearsal, and Joey was like just mad dogging Hawkeye in me, you know, and rightfully so, because he just didn't know me, recommendation. And I, I knew about him, et cetera. And I knew all the songs backwards and forwards because it was like, dude, I get to play this song and this song and this song and this yeah. song. And he knew, I knew everything like I was saying earlier, knowing all the parts, knowing the arrangement. And at the end of it, he says, he literally is like, you know what, you did great, I don't even have to worry about you. And he turned and was like, horn player. <laughs> it, was, it was so classic. And then like about a week or so later, we hung out on this album collecting aesthetic for Jamaican music especially. And he's like a dude that I've been trading with for, for like decades now wow but that 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 crucial rhythms band 
was Alex, Destin, Todd, Dan, Dave Rollicky, myself, and uh, some other cats. But like all those dudes I just listed all married into being what became the Lions. I think I, um, I, I don't know if, I mean, it wasn't really an audition, but when they were forming that group years ago, man, years and years ago, um, Destin from Hepcat called me to do it. And so I went to like, I think I went to like two rehearsals and then I, I don't, I don't remember what I was doing at the time, but I think I just got too busy and was wow. like, I, I, I couldn't, it wasn't really like an established band, but then it became the lions. And by the way, if you guys haven't gone to check out that lions album, man, the drumming or any of the lions album, the drumming is phenomenal on that stuff, man. It sounds incredible. And it's like what we've been talking about. It's very precise and like, it's authentic and it's man, you sound great on that stuff. Really killer. Thank you, bro. And so, yeah, like that was when I just realized the drum sound was like this thing I knew I had captured. And so I was able to take that and go put it to like all this work that I did after that, like the informity of, of what you're saying about like, Oh, this drum with this compression this way, Et cetera, et cetera. So there you go. Um, last one. Um, you kind of already answered it some somewhat in the last question, but this one comes from WST Ska, Western Standard Time Ska, the big band orchestra. Um, how did you first meet Joey Altruda and what was it like playing in his band? Yeah, there you go. It was through Todd and and getting into that and like Joey and I hit it off. It's funny because this might come as like crazy shock value. To even yourself i had i just came in like i, I it essentially came out here for school dude and and cal arts to use cal arts. i didn't grow up in these communities of like the band i was in in middle school or high school etc etc and so i fell into um playing with Rocky Dawany right before getting out of CalArts. And that was through a buddy of mine. I was at CalArts with this keyboard player. And so I did all this work with Rocky that Rocky at the time was very similar to Joey's thing. Like he'd play like once a month, maybe. And so it wasn't this active touring thing at all, really, at that point. And so it just really honed in my chops in a lot of ways and then lo and behold fast forward oliver gets linked with ben and todd gets me linked with joey oliver plays with ben harper by the way yes as i'd heard about groups like hepcat right and so i didn't know like hepcat backwards and forwards like some people do and i get to joey's thing and i just meet all these dudes like they're just the guys that play with Joey and I'm there to just like bring my a game to be like top in drummers best I can be. And then it unravels that like bland, like here's who this guy is and this guy is, and this guy is, and they're all like, who's this guy? Like, Oh my God, bro, you're killing it on drums. And I'm like, yeah. So what do you, who do you play with? And I'm like, Oh, we're in Hepcat. And I was like, Oh, snap. <laughs> fast forward and to this day um there's this years upon years 
upon years running text threads of Alex Desaire and James King, uh, the sax player with Fitz, uh, the, these two of my best friends. We're always sending the crazy stuff of the world back and forth to each other. But it's to just say, like, all these guys leading up to, like, people like Joey or the dudes in Fishbone or et cetera, that, like, these guys are, like, my close friends now. It's mm -hmm. not just, like, dudes I play you know what I mean? And, and, and I don't say this bragging at all. It's just, I, I've never looked at like an incentive to put myself inside of this thing, except for one reason. And it's just that I love this music, dude. And, and I, I, I don't withhold that love to anyone I'm around. If I meet you for the first time and you want to know about it, I'll tell you about it. You know what I mean? That's cool. And it's just part That's of cool. my nature of it, but it's just led me on this path and, and Joey was definitely like clutch. I will say for the lines to happen, it, it was all because of that band with Joey. Man, that's great. I think at, at, with that, that's a perfect spot to um, wrap this thing up. So man, um, we can't thank you enough for coming on and um, man, sharing your perspective, sharing some, some history of reggae. And like, I feel like, I feel like this could have been an interview like you basically spoke for me because everything that I want to say, you're saying it's great. <laughs> yeah. So it's really hilarious that through the years, like you and I always in passing, if it's at NAM or wherever it is, right. it's just like, man, you pick right back up on it. Well, man, I, is a I really appreciate that you keep the music alive and you do such a great job playing it man you're like you're like a spokesman for all of us you know and i feel like that's um it's a great it's commendable i appreciate that personally being a reggae you know um person that's into reggae and playing known for playing reggae and ska drumming um and man we appreciate you coming on the show so um if people first of all want to get this this playlist or if people want to get in touch with you or hire you or anything like that what's the best way uh, Instagram for sure. I'm, 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 it might sound crazy, but I'm not on Facebook. I'm just doing Instagram. So just uh, hit me up there, DM me, whatever, and uh, I'll be happy to share. I got this thing loaded on Dropbox with a link cool. ready to get otherwise. And um, the one thing I would say for footage of playing, um, I had the fortune of, of, of putting a band together, leading a band for Holly Cook when she first came over here to the States. And we played on KXP, and so check that out. And I only say that because uh, Holly is is a great friend, a, a fantastic human being, phenomenal great singer. band too. And just dude, her discography is incredible. And so I was very fortunate to uh, get that link going. But it's just it's well documented, and, and friends of mine in that everyone's fantastic. So really good uh, gateway, some cool reggae. Sweet. So it's Blake Beats Blake's, um, on um, with the S B L A K E S Blake's Beats. Okay, cool. Yeah, everybody, go hit that follow button and then hit up Blake if you guys want to get that playlist. Here's some amazing music, and um, we're we definitely have to do this again. Let's do a reggae roundtable, dude. Oh yeah, exactly, exactly. Maybe show 100. My my red, golden, green. Custom yeah. <laughs> by the way, that's how. I will not hesitate. The nerd I am with this music. <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be amazing. Yeah, for sure, dude. 
Heck yeah. I, I'm my, my, my gears are turning. I think that that's what we might do for show 100. So we'll see. Yeah. Any, anyways, man, thank you so much. And, um, we'll talk to you soon. All right, you guys, my pleasure. You guys take care. Thanks for having me. All right. Oh, buddy. Yeah. Drum Brigade podcast, episode 80. Woo. Dude, Blake Hawley, just coming on the line, just, dude, spitting knowledge on us. Just straight knowledge on reggae. Uh, Dude, that dude's deep. Um, We go like, I'm seriously, I mean, you guys know, man, you've heard me talk a million times on the show about all this stuff, but like that interview, if we had me on the show, that would be the same interview, except I probably wouldn't talk so much about, about, um, Carlton Barrett, but I mean, I'm a big fan of course, but it's the, the idea, like the same we've played. I mean, you've heard him talk about Joey Altruda. Joey was in Western standard time. The the band that I play in, he talked about playing with the guys from Hepcat. Like I tour a lot and play with Hepcat a lot. The Agrolites, everybody knows my history with them. So we have like parallel. He's played with a lot of big artists though. He's played with like, I think he's played with Macy Gray. Damn. And like he he's not even he's just talking about the reggae stuff that he's done, but he does a lot of he's a serious LA working drummer, man. So man, big thanks to Blake for coming on. Um he's he's one of my friends, man. So it's like that's just like we'll get on the phone and just chat like that, you know. Um, anyways, Phil, um, we're up against it, so we're gonna have to wrap the show um right away because even after we we stopped recording. We were still talking to Blake for about another 20, 30 minutes. So, um, yeah, good times, good times, good hang and, uh, all that stuff. So, um, that being said, Phil, you got anything else you need to add to this, this episode? No, nah, man, I'm just excited to listen to that playlist. Yeah, man, I can't wait. we got to email him. So yeah. yeah, if you guys reach out to us, we'll get you in touch with Blake or you can just, um, dm him if you want to get in touch with that that playlist so shout out to blake man for coming on thank you so much for coming on and and giving us some history on reggae and um stuff like that it's really cool um shout out to revolution thank you guys for um sponsoring the drum brigade podcast thank you phil for producing the podcast um and a big special shout out to masters of maple for um doing something cool for the Music industry for musicians teaming up with Music Cares with the Grammy uh, Foundation um, and making some Trash Talk Snares limited edition. Yeah. You should get one, Phil. Sell something. Sell your car and get one. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, they're great. All right, guys. Um, <laughs> next week, Channing Cook Holmes and Sahir Honey from Masters of Maple. Oh, boy. We're going to be just talking Masters of Maple drums. My wife just walked in. She's wearing a Masters of Maple shirt. And um, hi, Summer. Yeah. <laughs> Phil says hi. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Drum Brigade Podcast, episode 80. Woo! Beep, beep, beep. Thanks for listening to the Drum Brigade Podcast. This podcast was recorded in the Beat Locker at Pimp City in Oceanside, California. This podcast was produced by Funky Phil Pardell, and all drops and original music are by Corey Kingston. The Drum Brigade theme song is I Don't Like Your Music by The Busters. For more episodes, please visit drumbrigade.com. 
and hit up our archives to hear some great interviews with Thomas Lang, Daniel Glass, Stan Bicknell, Tosh the Drummer, Kurt Buscara, Mike Dawson, and many, many more. For all other things, or to get in touch, please visit drumbrigade.com. Oh yeah, one more thing. Like and subscribe. Yeah.